Good evening. Pray with me if you would. Father, this is in the precious name of Jesus that we pause to say thanks for this time and opportunity to lift your word to your people that we might grow in grace together, receiving all that you have in store for us. We wait with expectation, God, for you to show yourself strong. In the name of Jesus, we pray and ask it all. Amen. If I were going to tag a topic to this message, it would be hopefully we're in this together. Hopefully. As we think about the holiday season, we recognize that Advent is a time of preparation in most Christian communities. There's this intentionality as we prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ and welcome his presence into our lives. During a time of Christmas shopping, holiday parties, and family gatherings, it can be hard to find time to prepare properly for this faith-filled season and wait on Christ. And so I invite our community of believers to press pause and put the P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S on hold, the presents with a T on hold, and welcome the P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, presence of God into our lives during this season. This will allow us to sit with God and get more clarity on the direction that he wants us to proceed with in the coming year. And where do we go from here, chaos or community? The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King insisted on us constantly raising and reflecting on three basic questions. Where are we? Who are we? And who are we meant to be? These are questions that gives each of us an opportunity to reflect and investigate where we are, not only as humans, but also as children of God who have been called to do kingdom work as a part of the Richmond Hill community. Dr. King understood that such probing, probing towards self-understanding is essential for personal growth. It is also critical as a community that we are in constant pursuit of what the Lord is requiring of us as the Richmond Hill community. We have had some chaotic experiences challenge us over the course of the last 20 months, and the Lord has remained faithful, faithful in every step that we've taken. But please be aware we cannot get comfortable or complacent right now because there is still much work to be done. Just as Dr. King continued to teach, learn, encourage, and urge us, he also reminded everyone that not only, not only of the powerful obstacles in our histories, our institutions, and our hearts, he also called this nation's attention to the amazing hope restored by Thomas Paine's quote, who said, and I quote, we have the power to begin the world over again. Richmond Hill family, I want us to be a part of that new beginning where we are co-creators of a beloved community which scripture is repeatedly calling us to. We want to continue to make, us make space for community building and conversations so the healing of our region can be made manifest. I would love for us to be the place where people can come for an infilling of the Holy Spirit with his joy and peace. As we continue to wade through the uncertainty of political contention in our country, the resurgence of rising and rising of now multiple COVID variants, I encourage you to be reminded of who you are and whose you are in this time of ambiguity. 
Isaiah 42 and 6 assures us, assures us that I chose you to bring justice and I'm here at your side. I selected and sent you to bring light and my promise of hope to the nations. As we continue in this season of Advent, I pray as Paul prayed that the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him to be who he promised to be. I pray you will continue to choose community and pray against the chaos that is swirling around us. Even when we have difficult conversations, I want to encourage our Richmond Hill community to love and look out for one another. When we look at this Roman passage of scripture, we look at Paul's instruction in the opening verses of this chapter. He says in the New Living Translation, even if we believe that it makes no difference to the Lord whether we do these things, still we cannot just go ahead and do them to please ourselves. For we must bear the burden of, of, of being considerate of the doubts and fears of others, of those who feel these things are wrong. Let's please the other fellow, not ourselves, and do what is, uh, our good, is good for him and thus build him up in the Lord. In the 14th chapter, Paul helps us to understand what these things are. He started off by encouraging the reader to give a warm welcome to any brother or sister who wants to join in, even though his faith is weak. Don't criticize him for having ideas different from yours about what is wrong, right or wrong. This is the Lisa translation. We haven't been called to be the right or wrong police. We've been called rather to show the love of Christ by how we treat one another. The word tells us that these things that were written in scriptures so long ago are to teach us patience and to encourage us so that we will look forward expectantly. That means that we're waiting on God with some expectation and belief that things are going to turn around. The beauty of this season of Advent, the word spoken to us through this text and the reality of our assignment in this place is we can choose community over chaos. We can choose to bear one another's burdens. We can choose to encourage and support one another as we strive to be a part of a beloved healing community because hopefully we're in this together. Last week, Founders Week, was a beautiful demonstration of choosing community over chaos and working together. Instead of complaining about how much was going on and how the contractors were all over the place, we put our community hats on and got a great work accomplished in excellence. It was a wonderful reminder that we are in this together. Our call to radical hospitality was in full effect, and I believe we had the opportunity to be vessels that poured out from the God of hope into God's people, his joy and peace, as we warmly welcomed people, people here on, and on a Zoom, just as Christ has welcomed us. The scripture says in verse 5, this is how God is glorified. I'm aware that last week was the first week of Advent and the focus was hope. And so this week, depending on your tradition, peace would be the next, uh, the next focus that we would have. And then next week would be joy. But I wanted to offer us a triple dose this evening. I wanted to reiterate that we draw from the God of hope's well and in that we get filled with joy, peace, and love also. During these crazy days we're living in, couldn't we all use an extra dollop of hope? I know we say we want an extra dollop of daisy, but right now I think we need an extra dollop of hope.
As I studied for this message, I wanted to look at a definition for hope. In the expanded edition of the Dictionary for Pastoral Care and Counseling, it states that hoping is a realistic and adaptive response to extreme stress or crisis in which the person acquires a patient and confident surrender to uncontrollable transcendent forces. It is wanting or expecting something, a confident desire or feeling that something desirable is likely to happen or is at least possible. For me, this is where verse 5 of the scripture plays out. Verse 5 is a prayer that makes a request to God who gives patience, steadiness, and encouragement to help us live in complete harmony with each other, each with the attitude of Christ toward one another. Verse 6 then tells us that we can all praise the Lord together with one voice giving God glory. Sometimes that posture is not so easy because life is happening. And it's hard to hold on to our hope when our days seem dark. I invite you to consider Paul, the Apostle Paul's poignant question. He asks, you have troubles? Glory in your trouble. We glory in tri tribulation because tribulation works patience. And patience works experience. And experience works hope. And hope makes us not ashamed. Our connection to God causes us to trust him as we hold on in expectancy, even though it looks like God has gone on a sabbatical. We must have the fortitude to keep on hoping and praying when there is no visible sign on the horizon that we are, as we are waiting for an answer in the affirmative. There's a promise from the prophet Isaiah in chapter 40, verse 31. He encourages, and he encourages us by saying, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There may not be a visible sign of change in your individual situation or whatever your struggle may be, but keep your God perspective intact because even tribulation has an expiration date. And remember, you've been filled with all joy, not just joy, all joy and peace. And so what happens when I've been filled? I'm glad you asked. First, we remember that we've been equipped through God's love. The scripture says God fills us with the blessings of his joy and peace in believing. And so we're equipped to live in this common bond of unity, which God calls us to. God's love remains steadfast towards us, regardless to what we're doing. And he continues to equip us with all that we need. If you stop and think about the state of our existence right now, you know it's nothing but the love of God that keeps us from being completely crazy. Now, I'm semi-crazy, but I ain't completely crazy. And so when we've been filled, we remember that we've been equipped with, through God's love with joy and peace. And then secondly, we remember that we are also filled with goodness and all knowledge. Can you imagine how we would thrive if we would lean into this reality? If we could just grasp that there is a never-ending wellspring of God's goodness and knowledge that flows from heaven to earth for us. Therefore, we can always continue to hope, even when the move of God is not plainly evident. It's easy to hope when there are signs all around uh, about how good God is. But to know that we are filled with goodness and knowledge when God's hand is not evident is a true test of our faith. I encourage you to praise God with whatever you have in, left in your tank and ask for a refilling as often as you need it and begin to hold one another up. 
That's the real word God would have us hear from this passage because hopefully we're in this together. Life is so much richer when we know that we are not in a situation that we're not in a situation by ourselves. I close with this. There's a story told of the Miracle Bridge in Chicken Soup for the Soul, number three. It says that in 1883, a creative engineer, John Roebling, was inspired to build the Brooklyn Bridge. Experts told him to forget it. He convinced his son Washington, an up-and-coming engineer, to come alongside him to build the bridge. They hired a crew and began to build their dream bridge. The project was only a few months old when there was a tragic accident and John Roebling was killed and his son was severely brain damaged. He was unable to move or talk, but his mind was as sharp as ever. He was able to move one finger and touch the arm of his wife. From that point on, they learned how to communicate. And for the next 13 years, he tapped out instructions to the bridge builders who then completed the spectacular bridge. He took that one finger and was able to tell his wife, and now we get to enjoy the Brooklyn Bridge. I know how beautiful it is. I was there in September. Our ability to communicate is one of our greatest assets. Having someone to share our dreams with will always give us hope. So let's remember we're in this together. My prayer this evening is, it, is that we become just what God needs in the earth realm to keep hope, healing, and the possibility of peace alive. I pray God's lavish love over each of you and invite you to join me in trusting him to give us everything we need. A true connection is found in our hope, our joy, and our peace. My real life experience with hope came from my ancestors, particularly my mom and my grandmothers. They kept on hoping with no visible sign of change on the horizon. That's why when they were filled with joy and peace, they could sing, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. That was real hope. I thank God I had a praying family because now at 59 years old, when I look at what God has done in my life, I know that I'm here for the most part because of the prayers that went up to God for me from my ancestors. I remind you, we've been filled by the God of hope. Keep on praying, keep on believing, keep on trusting. Even in the midst of your mess, God does hear and answer prayer. And in the age of your mess, he'll take your mess and make a message out of your life. Just when you wanna give up, reflect and allow your soul to be filled with joy and peace so that you can trust God to fill you to the overflow with hope in him through the Holy Spirit's power within you. But I believe we're in this together. Amen.